If you have your Bibles for a few moments tonight, I want to take you to the book of Hebrews chapter 13. While you're turning there, I would ask you to be in prayer for Brother San Miguel, our Spanish pastor. His brother died unexpectedly yesterday and um, great loss in their family. Let's pray that God would be with him and his family. Uh, Funeral will be here Wednesday during the day, and um, we want to remember that good man and his family. I talked to him over the weekend. They had service Saturday night, and uh, they have been averaging between 125 and 150. And uh, I think this year they're probably going to bump over 200. I would not be surprised if that happens before summer. That's just how many good things are going on there. Amen. And so we're praying for them, thankful for what God's doing in our Spanish service Sunday afternoon and what he is doing with Brother San Miguel. Hebrews chapter 13. I want to read one verse of Scripture. And I think when I tell you the verse, most of you will probably be able to quote it. But verse number 5, Hebrews chapter 13. No, that's not the right one either. I guess I better get my glasses on. That's good. Yes, it is verse 5. I just can't read the fine print without my glasses. He said, let your conversation. Anytime you see the word conversation, it is not just talking about your verbal exchange with people. But most often, the word conversation when it is used, means your manner of life, the way you live. So he said, let your manner of life be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, all of my life I've read that verse and I never have figured out until this week why he put that at the end of that verse. It always seemed out of place to me. I always thought that verse should fit something like, you know, they were coming out of great distress and God says that, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, but... He says it in the context and in the surroundings of things that don't seem to be relevant, but in reality they are. I want to talk to you for just a few moments tonight about grace's reminder. Everybody say that with me, grace's reminder. You may be seated. The sea is a grand and wonderful world of its own, though I have never Uh, been a sea voyaging person. We did take a cruise last year and 
I would have to say that it is amazing the feeling that you have when you're in those great waters. It seems like at times it will go on forever. It is so awesome in its scope that when you look out to the horizon, as far as you can see, there is water and there is movement. And if you sail that direction, there's still water and there's sea and there's movement. It is filled with mystery. I guess one of the great wonders of the sea is being able to encounter creatures that we normally would not see except in a zoo or perhaps uh, in uh, some kind of uh, entertainment facility. It's moving. Its tides are always moving and it is ceaseless and rolling. One never knows what they might encounter while plying its waters. It is deep. It is changing, and yet it is never changing. It seems to be the same. It doesn't seem to ever be any different than it is. In many ways, the sea is unknowable. Of all the places that God said he would take my sins and hide them, it is amazing that he would choose the ocean. He would choose the sea. He would put them in the depths of the ocean because to this day, We have gone to Mars. We have sent men to the moon. We've explored the far reaches of our universe. But nobody's ever been to the depths of the ocean. Because God doesn't intend for anybody to find what he hid. Amen. That's the beauty of the sea. It allures us to its edge and then calls us to its depths. And it calls us to explore, discover It's beautiful, majestic, it's powerful in its movements. They that go down to the sea in ships, they that go down into the sea in ships, the psalmist said, they go into great waters, they see the mighty works of God. They see the hand of the Lord. And there is nothing that's more majestic than that. But the sea is also a place of storm and trouble and danger. And it is a place of turmoil and turbulence, winds and rains and changes that come suddenly. Winds that blow, hurricanes and typhoons and rainstorms and sudden uh, accumulation of clouds and then the treacherous waves. And if you are a wise person or an unwise person it can devour you if you are not uh if you are not ready and when i re- said all that i said that to let you know that such is life life is very much like that great sea it is deep it is mysterious it is wonderful it is majestic it is powerful it comes and goes, it ebbs and flows, it is going on forever and then it seems like it will never end and then it does end. It is awesome in its scope, but it is also many times troubling and it is many times uh, filled with storms and danger and difficulty. One of the things that they Uh, set in place a long, long time ago for those who traveled the sea was a signaling system whereby ships could make themselves known. 
For those who travel the watery paths, there are signals and ways of communicating that hearken back to antiquity. And even though we live in the day of sonar and radar and telecommunications, they still use the old ancient signals and flags that have been around for years. And they bear the same message today that they bore in their beginning. They are essential to their travels. If you Google, you will find many different websites that will explain to you the importance of those signals because they are needed. Not always can you communicate properly with another vessel. It may be a language barrier. There may be a breakdown in communication or a loss of power. But these flags and signals can be seen by anyone's eye, and they bear the same message, whether it is 1492 or whether it is 2017 or 2017. The ship's flags are almost like a ritual, according to those that I read after, and they are a prescribed ritual that they go through even today. Even with the sophistication that we have, They still have flags that fly, and every one of them means something different. These flags actually speak an ancient language, an obscure tongue that many may not be aware of. One one person said that a flag says who that ship is, and it says what they are, and it declares what they are doing. But there are signals that are even added beyond that. From antiquity, when there was nothing more than a pair of eyes to look out over the water, there was set in motion certain ways of communicating and getting a message through to those who might pass by of who you were and what you were doing and if there was need that you could signal that need. One of the most famous of those signals is SOS. Uh, and, and, and even today, those signals are still used. There is one code, though, that is a welcome sight to any vessel that is in trouble. And it is the flying of certain flags that bear one simple single message. That signal is simply this, B-N-C. B period, N period, C period. And it simply means, I will not abandon you. Amen. I will not abandon you. I will not abandon you. And when a ship is in distress, there is nothing that is more heartening than for another vessel to pull close to it and put up that signal that we are in this together. I'm not leaving here until you leave here. Amen. Stay with me a little while tonight. Hallelujah. It bore the promise to these men who at one moment may have thought it was the end of their life. That their life would go on. That it would not end in these circumstances. It meant hope and it rekindled courage. And there was nothing that was more needed in a moment like that than to know that there's somebody that's going to go through what you're going through. 
They will not deserve, desert you to whatever the crippling brutalities of the wind or storm might be. They are in it with you to the end. When the writer of Hebrews picked up the pen of inspiration and tried to convey to us under the anointing of the Holy Ghost God's intent and God's desire for you and us. This is one message that came through crystal clear. Not once, not twice, but five times the word never is used here in this verse in the original language. If you were to read it in the Greek and translate it literally, it would say, I will never, never leave thee. I will never, never, never forsake you. No matter what may be going on in your life and what you may be going through, God has a sound and a signal that he wants to get through to every one of you in this building tonight that you can count on him to go through it with you. He will never, 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 never leave you nor forsake you. Five is the number of grace. And it is important to me to understand that that is simply grace's reminder to me that I can count on God. I was reading this the other day and it got a hold of me and God spoke to me and said, I want you to go to Greater Life Church this weekend and I want you to tell some folks that no matter what 2017 may hold for you, just tell them that I'm going to be in there with them, that I'm going to go through the year with them, that whatever may be encountered, whatever storm they may be in right now, I want them to look up and see the flag flying and the signal that God's trying to get through to some of us tonight that I will never, 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 never leave you. Amen. He's going to stay with us to the end. He's going to stay with us until we get out of it. No matter what you're going through. And he sent me to tell some of you that are in deep waters tonight that mercy has a message. It has a signal that is trying to get through to you. That whatever you may be going through, whatever your loss, whatever your hurt, whatever your financial distress, whatever you may be facing or will face in 2017, he said you will not face it alone. I will never, never. Never, 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 never leave you nor forsake you. People might leave you and they will. Health may abandon you and it probably could. Money may be hard to find and friends may just be that as well. Business may go south and, you're, and, and opportunities may be impossible to find. But there's one thing you can count on. Wherever you are, whatever waters you're sailing through, whatever is going on in your life, if you look out over the horizon, there's a ship coming your way. There's a signal that grace is trying to send to you tonight. I will never, 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 never leave you. 
It is the word of God. He will never leave you nor forsake you. This is the word that God wants you to hear more than any other at the beginning of this year. You may not know what's ahead and you may not can predict what it will produce. Everything around you may collapse and fall apart tomorrow. And you may not get your prayers answered the way you want them answered. But there is one word from God that should cover whatever you go through. The signal that God and grace is trying to get through to you tonight. I will never, 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 never. Never leave you. If you're in the hospital, if you're in the lawyer's office, if you're in the courtroom, if you're in the judgment seat, if you're at work, if you're losing your job, it doesn't matter where you are. Whatever waters you may find yourself in, there's a signal from another world that he wants to send through to you tonight. I will never, 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 never leave you. I think you feel like you're surrounded by friends tonight, but I can tell you this, if all of the people surrounding you right now abandon you, there is one promise that I present to you tonight, and that promise is he will not abandon you. Amen. Amen. He will not leave you. There are no hopeless situations. There are only hopeless people that haven't seen God's signal. That's all. Amen. I don't care what you're going through. One thing is certain. Say it with me. He will never, 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 never leave you. Amen. Amen. You need to say that again. I feel the Holy Ghost when you say it. He will never, 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 never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Now let's go back to that verse. Can you put it up on the wall? Hebrews 13, 5. He said, let your, conver- let your lifestyle, let your manner of living be without covetousness. Now, that word covetousness means that, that you desire something that's not yours or you don't have. And when I got to reading that this week, it was as if the Lord began to speak to me and say that there are going to be people that are going to go through things in, in, in this year when other people are going to be covetous of what they have and what they're doing. But don't let that phase you. God said, I'll be with you. The other side of that is, God said, there's going to be people that are going to go through life this year with less. They may lose a few things. And when they look around at others that are blessed, they're asking God, why are you blessing them and you're not blessing me? I'm trying just as hard as anybody else. And God said, I want you to put your trust not in what you have, but in me. That you can get by on less if you have to. And that's when he goes on to say, be content with what you have. And one of the greatest problems of our world right now is a discontent. That's why people's credit is ruined right now because 
They just keep buying and buying, thinking that if they buy a little more, it'll make them a little happier. And the truth is, nothing you buy can make you happy for very long because you'll find out there's something newer and better and brighter and cleaner and prettier and whatever else when you buy yours. You go buy a new car, and lo and behold, you think you're the only one in the neighborhood that has that car. And when you pull out of the dealership, you look around and everybody you look at has got the same model, the same color. You can't do anything about that. You've got to understand that there's some things about life that are going to change. But don't let that get in your spirit. Don't allow a spirit of greed or covetousness or or envy for what other people have. Be content and know this, that I will never, never Never, 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 never leave you. When we evangelized, my wife and I, we didn't hardly make enough money to pay attention, literally. (laughs) But we never let that bother us. At least I didn't. My wife didn't seem to have let it bother her. Sometimes it bothered me that I hadn't done more, but we were doing what God called us to do. And I think about what God provided for us during that time. It's amazing. I don't have time to go into all the details. But this is what I learned when I was very young in the ministry. That if you'll just make a commitment to God to do whatever he wants you to do, he will take care of you. And you know what? We looked around one day and we had more than people that have high paying jobs have. Amen. We got to looking around one day and we looked, we realized how God had blessed us. How do we get it? We don't, I don't know. It just came as time came. But what I'm trying to get through to you is that, that there's a spirit loose in our world right now of discontent. And it could be about money. It could be about a lot of, it could be about a job or you don't have the friends that you want or whatever else might go on in your human mind. But God said, don't let that get a hold of you. Just learn to be happy with who you are. Amen. Be happy with who you are. Be happy with what I made. I hadn't figured this out. All these things that people do to change their body. One of these days, the Lord's going to, he's going to, they're going to stand before him and God's going to have to get his book out and say, I'm not sure. You don't, I don't recognize you. They've had five facelifts and three body tucks and all these other things. God, I said, that's not what I made in the beginning. I'm not on medicine tonight, I can tell you that. I'm not. We don't have that problem around here. At least I hope we don't. But the truth is, we can be envious of other things that people have. We can be envious of other people's blessings in many other ways than just financially. And there's a discontent that comes with that. You know what? There are different phases of life that I've learned that you live through in different stages. I will tell you at 60, life ain't what it was at 30. Amen. And there's just a lot about life at 30 that you can remember it seemed a lot more glorious than it really was. Amen. 
But there's a lot of things about life that are not what they were. And I could sit around and be mad at everybody's dog and everybody else if I wanted to. Or I can just accept the fact that I am 60, 61. And that's where I, that, that's just the reality of what I am and who I am. And stop trying to go back and recapture an old glory. Just live in the present of God in this moment and let God do something good and understand that no matter where this year takes you, no matter what happens, I don't care if everybody around you leaves you, God said, I will never, 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 never leave you nor forsake you. One thing is certain tonight, the fivefold promise of mercy, we need to tuck it away in your heart and understand that no matter how dark the night, that tomorrow will surely dawn bright and glorious. And remember this, on the other side of every wilderness is a land of promise. Amen. So remember when you face the impossible and when you deal with the dirty and when you go through the lousy stuff of life and you struggle with the problems of everyday living, God said, you're not alone. I'm here. I'm not leaving you. You're not going to have to go through this by yourself. And the God, I, that, that encouraged me so much this, this, uh, this week when I started reading and considering that no matter what I go, go through, God said, you're not going to go through it by yourself. I'm going to be there. Nobody else may, but I will. I'm going to be there. You can trust me. I will never. Say it with me. Never. 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 Never, never leave you nor forsake you. Now, I know two negatives. What do they do? Counsel one another? In a sentence, a double negative is not a good thing. Ain't no never or whatever. I'm, that's, 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 that really creeps some people out when I say things like that, but that's all right. But when God goes to the fifth degree, it's a superlative, and it's a compound. And it's like God dots the I, and then he comes back, and he just dots it again, and then he dots it again, and he dots it again, so that you understand the emphasis that he is trying to place on one thing. You're not going to have to go through what you're going through by yourself. Amen. You're not going to have to go through it alone. God is going to walk through every valley He's going to climb every mountain. He's going to sail every ocean. He's going to go through every storm. Amen. You can look out and you're going to see his signal. I'm here. Amen. I'm with you. I'm not leaving until you leave. What an awesome promise. Amen. Let's lift our hands and thank him for that right now. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, we bless your name tonight, God. Never, 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 never. Amen. Let's stand together.